I'm Remy Warren, and I've lived my life in the wild. As a professional guide and hunter, I've spent thousands of days perfecting my craft. I want to give that knowledge to you. In this podcast, we relive some of my past adventures as I give you practical hunting tips to make you more successful. Whether you're just getting started or a lifelong hunter, this podcast will bring you along on the hunt and teach you how to live wild. This podcast is brought to you by Mountain Tough and Yeti. A lot of the tactics I talk about here require you to be in top physical shape. So I partnered with Mountain Tough to help get you ready for the mountain. With their science-based hunter-specific training app, you'll get in shape and mentally tough, able to tackle any hunt. Because we really believe this will help you be more successful, as a listener to this podcast, we're giving you six free weeks to get you started. Just use code LIVEWILD. It's no secret Yeti has some of the best and most durable gear out there. But when it came to hydration, they previously didn't have a great backcountry solution. Well, that all changed with their new Yonder water bottle. My Yonder covered the backcountry all across the West last season while chasing mule deer, elk, caribou, and more. It's about 50% lighter than their insulated Rambler, but still has that Yeti toughness. The best part is they've now got them in four different sizes, so you can pack the bottle perfectly fit for your hunt. To top it off, there's also great options for customization. You can check them out now at yeti.com. Well, everyone, welcome back to the Live Wild Elk Month podcast. You know, I don't think we could have Elk Month without at least talking about calling. So this week, I'm going to run through my calling philosophy, the different types of calls, and we're going to cover everything from bull sounds like location bugles, chuckles, and challenge calls. And then we're also going to hear some cow talk and cover what you need to know when it comes to calling elk. But before we do that, I want to share the story of a bull that needed to hear a podcast about bugling. This particular hunt, I was guiding a hunter and it took place quite a few years back. And so we go into this particular spot and it's a place where it's not like, it's one of these areas where sometimes there's elk and it was like a quick check, right? So I had a plan. We were hunting some elk in another spot, didn't pan out. So I'm like on our way to another place. I decided to go check this particular spot and this particular spot kind of like hike up to a ridge and then it drops down into a little basin. And sometimes there's elk in there, sometimes there's not. It's kind of a quick check. And I figured, well, we'll primarily glass and maybe I'll throw out a few calls for the evening. And then if we don't get anything fired up or don't see anything, we'll either decide whether we're going to stay there or move on to another spot. So I'm up on the ridge and we're parked and it's not even like, not even that far away from the vehicle. Maybe, I don't even know, not, not too far. And there's no one, no one around. So I, I bugle up on the ridge just because I like when I get into an area, I just like to throw out a bugle. And this was maybe after being sitting there glassing for a little bit. And I hear like this real crappy bugle behind us. It's just like one of those flute bugle sounds like just coming out of a, I don't know. It definitely did not strike me as an elk. And I was fairly confident in that fact. But I also thought, I was like, it was between us and the truck. And I'm like, who would, like, why would, there definitely wouldn't be a hunter because there's one parking spot and nobody in their right mind would like walk in on another guy here because there's not a lot of room to roam. It's just one of those places where there's enough room for one guy and anybody that's hunted it before would just keep driving. There's like a million places to chase elk. Why, this just didn't make any sense to me. So I like 
pop back out and I'm bugling and I just continue to throw my calls and doing the cow call sequence thing. And I just, it, like this bugle's so bad and so frequent. I just know for a fact it cannot be an elk. So I walk over there just to get a better look. And sure enough, it's two guys. So I like wave at them and there's a little bit of hunter etiquette, right? And I'm like, what are these guys doing? So I just go to talk to him. I'm like, hey, guys, what's up, man? Like, you saw our truck parked here. You heard a bugle. And then you just assume, like, we're going to go in and that's probably an elk. And I don't know. I'm like, what are you guys doing, man? We're, we're clearly hunting here. There's a million other places to go. And I haven't even, this is a week of hunting. I hadn't even seen another hunter. And these guys just decided, like, park behind us and, and go in. Now, I understand there are some trailheads where you get multiple vehicles and other things, but this wasn't like that kind of spot. And so they're like, oh, yeah, we just, they were from, I think they're from Pennsylvania or something. I think I blame everything on people from Pennsylvania if it is like an encounter like this. Sorry, guys from Pennsylvania. Anyways, and they're like, yeah, and they saw like where we hunt, like we just see another vehicle and that's where you go. And I'm like, well, that's not how it works here. You know, you've got a million acres. I have been around every other spot, never seen another hunter. You could have just gone a half a mile down the road or whatever, right? It's like, guys, come on, we're hunting here. This is clearly like somebody calling, you're moving in. It was just a bad form. And I was really nice to him, you know, like, hey, I even gave him some spots to be like, hey, check out this spot. Like we saw elk there the other day. We aren't going back there. Go for it. I, I, I try, I was being very nice for the situation. Like had it been someone else, I think they probably would have got lit into, but that happened, right? And it's just like shitty beagle and whatever. And so they kind of go off, but we were just talking like, God, man, that was just, you know, kind of a weird encounter, whatever. And so we're debating what we want to do. And we're like, well, we'll just sit here for a little bit, let it settle down, let those guys go. We'll drop down this ridge a little ways. Um, but I didn't really think there was anything in there. And then we we're going to maybe go to another spot. So a little bit later below us, like the same shit bugle. It's like a, even worse. It's like, it's like sounded like somebody swallowed a frog and then lit, lit into a bugle tube. And now I'm pissed because I'm like, these guys walked around us and like are just now below, like below us. They like just walked off because the direction they went wasn't really back to the truck. So I'm like, they walked off and now they're below us and they're bugling and doing some calling. And they're starting to get on my nerves now. Now I'm like, all right, I was really nice. And now they're just pissing me off. So I walk around to the point and I, to look down, it's pretty steep and I can't see and I keep hearing them bugling and I don't really want to walk down there. I'm just like, should we just get out of here? And I'm like, okay, I'm just, we're just going to get out of here. And then I hear like another bugle that sounded better. And I'm thinking, God, did they just walk around us and, and there were elk down there and then they just, whatever, they get in into them. So I, I go out on the point, I bugle again in that shitty bugles like down below us. And I think I'm 100% convinced that that's those guys. And then there's another bugle like on the other side of the draw. So I, I start looking and I start seeing cows filtering out. 
I'm like, okay, well, there's elk here. Let's just see what's going on. Maybe they'll blow them up our way. And that bugle's like right in the cows. And it's like, there's some big pines. It's a burn, but it's a regrow. So you see some cows filter out and then they're going to the next little draw. And I hear that bugle again and I'm looking and sure enough, like a actually good bull, like a big bull comes out and he's got this horrible bugle. Now, one of his antlers, his, I guess I think it was his right antler was kind of messed up, like malformed, just like a big six point. And then he had almost like a clubby drop thing near the base of one. So my guess is maybe something happened to this bull. Like he damaged his something, something was off. And he just had this high pitch squealy cutting out bugle. And I saw him and I'm like, that's not those guys. That bull just has probably the worst bugle on the mountain. So me and the hunter decide there was a lot of other elk around and we decide it's kind of like three drainages in this particular like cuts, not like big drainages, but it's like, so they were going from one side where they were probably bedded into this burn. So we go down on the backside of where they were at wind was good and then the plan was i was going to bugle and then he was going to crawl up my hunter was going to crawl up ahead and get on the ridge in between like where they were going and see if we could pull that bull back so we do that as we go down there the wind starts coming in starts dumping like dumping rain and everything kind of quiets down a little bit while that's going on so it gave us a good approach we're soaking wet we get into the spot and start calling and sure enough that bull starts to pop over but there was other cows and it was pretty open. So the hunter's behind this rock and the, the big bull comes over and he's about, we get the closest I could draw him in was like 80 yards and uh, just not ideal. And I thought we'd probably call him in a little bit closer. And the hunter was new at bow hunting and still that was, that's too far of a shot for elk most in 99% of the scenarios. And so we didn't get that bull, but, it was definitely one of the biggest bulls we'd seen all week. And I absolutely thought that that bull was a guy with a really bad bugle. Like it, sometimes it just goes to show that elk make some weird sounds. The more you elk hunt, the more weird sounds you make. And you almost think you've got them pegged all the time. And then there's those times that just prove you wrong. I, that was a bull that definitely was bugling at a different weight class. He was like bugling like he was a lightweight <laughs> and, uh, probably should have had that heavyweight bugle so sometimes you're out there and you hear a, a bad bugle and you don't know but what that does go to show is maybe if you're out there hunting and those guys bugles sound pretty dang close to this elk's bugle and uh, hey it might have worked maybe we would have liked that sound and and who knows maybe if those guys had gotten there before us they would have uh called that bull in when we talk about elk calling, elk calling strategy, hunting during the rut in September. One of the cool things about elk is they're a vocal animal. And one of my favorite ways to hunt elk, especially during the rut, is to incorporate calling. I think it can be a successful tactic. I also think it's a really fun tactic. I, it's just like, I love being able to talk with the animals. That's one of my favorite things about elk season is just being able to converse back and forth. And I think one of the things that people run into is they're like, hey, I'm just getting started elk hunting or maybe I've been elk hunting a long time, but I think people are more call shy than elk sometimes because they're like, I don't know what sounds to make. I don't know how to call. And I think that, you know, if we start talking about advanced calling strategies and all these other things, we first need to run through the types of calls. And I have a, a, 
I probably have a different philosophy on calling than most, but I also think that it can be a successful philosophy. And I feel like the emphasis isn't necessarily on the exact call, but just understanding the basics of the different types of sounds and then how to implement those sounds and when. And it does make a little bit of a difference when you're, you know, talking about there's, you'll talk to guys and like, yeah, we couldn't get this bull to pull in, but you get a guy that's really good and he, and he does a few different strategies and he's like consistently calling an elk. So I think before we go into any of those strategies, we really got to break down the different types of calls. So I'm going to do a few calls here and just kind of go over some of the ways that I think about elk calling and the different types of sounds that elk make. So we're first going to talk about cow sounds. And these are the easiest calls to make, I believe. It, it, you know, there's a lot of different calls for kind of all variety of callers. So there's like push button calls, call them the hoochie mama. That one, if you've heard that one, it's like a, I think Primos makes it. And it goes, ew, ew. Some of these I'm just making with my mouth as I'm talking, I'm getting into it instead of throwing in a, a diaphragm read here and, and doing it. But that's like a ew, ew, ew kind of sound and they've got other ones that make more of a ew sound so you can push button call right and that's the most basic it, the thing about that is it's fairly limited in the types of call sounds you can make but hey it's worked people have called in plenty of elk with those i wouldn't say it's the most successful way to call elk but it is a good way to throw out cow sounds if you need to now there's other kinds of calls open read calls that's where it's got an open read there's bite calls where you kind of Essentially, the name tells you how to do it, bite down, blow through. And then there's the kind that you put in your mouth, diaphragm call, as I like to refer to them. Um, and that's just like a often has some kind of plate on it that holds a latex reed, and then that goes in your mouth. And you can use your tongue to manipulate that call and make a variety of sounds. If you can do those kind of calls, I, I believe that they're some of the better calls because you just have a good range and you get really good sounds out of them. But, I mean, I've called with every kind of call on the planet and called in bull elk. I've called with, there, there's kinds where the reed goes for bugle tubes on the outside of the call and you use pressure on your bottom lip. I mean, you can make any call sound good. I've actually even used like an open reed cow call to bugle with just when I didn't have anything else and I've called in elk and killed elk that way. So I've literally called in and killed elk with pretty much every kind of call you can use. I've even used push button calls and called in and killed bulls. Like there's times where I'm guiding and you know, you're just going five weeks of calling and then you go into like a early, you know, we'd have like seasons that would go from beginning of September and then you'd be hunting all the way through October. You know, like I just, I can't blow on another call and like, ew, ew, here's that hoochie mama call and like, oh, here comes a bull, right? I've done it and it's worked out. So the the kind of call, you know, it just depends on on what you do, but it's good to practice these kind of calls now. And that's why I wanted to do elk month early because I don't want to do it in the middle of September. I wanted to give you guys a month to, to really practice and get some of the calling down. So I would say the basis of elk calling kind of starts with what I call a mew. It's just a you, you, you sound. And here's, here's a little bit of a sample. Kind of goes something like this. Now, that call can be used in a lot of different ways. I think one thing that we do as people talking about elk hunting, right? Guys that 
or teaching calling, writing articles, podcasting, all this stuff. We like to interpret what elk are saying. And I think that for the most part, we have a good grasp on what they're saying and when. I will also add this caveat to elk do a lot of talking. You're sometimes going to be in the woods and hear sounds that you haven't heard or sounds you only hear certain times of the year um, in certain groups. And that basic mew is just elk kind of talking amongst themselves. They might be talking to other elk. They might be talking to the bull. They're just like, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here, I'm here. And that's the kind of way that I see that basic mew. But it has a lot of opportunity to call in elk. So you can use that to kind of start firing off and get cows to respond back and forth. You can also use that to talk to a bull and a bull's like bugling and you're like, I'm over here, I'm over here. And that's that's a good call. And I think that that's like the basic cow call that everybody should know. Now, one that I throw in a lot, I like to call it the begging cow. It's like more of like a, please, please. And it, it really, when you're in a herd of elk, you're gonna see, you're gonna hear like mew, 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 please, please. And, you know, I think that this sound kind of more gets cows or other elk to respond. It's like, come on, respond to me. And it goes something like this. If you're just kind of learning to call, I think often the, the mew sound is like, ew. And then like, as if you were to say it, and then the the pleading song is like, ew, ew. So like, you'd almost kind of be trying to say those words uh, with your caller or make that sound. And so I will often mix in a lot of different cow calls. Like it's a, a, a cow kind of talking amongst themselves. It's like cow calling here, mixing in those pleads. And that's kind of the way that I operate a cow calling sequence. Now I'm talking about cow calling sequence. We use cow calls in a lot of different ways. So we can use cow calls to strike up a conversation, right? You can use it to like, I don't know where elk are or you're in a herd and maybe you've, you've started to like, you're moving in, there's some elk and you're like, I need to get some, something fired up and you start throwing out some of these cow calls to get other cows to give away the location of the herd of elk. Sometimes I'll use cow calls when I'm just like walking through the woods, making noise in case there's an elk that I didn't know about. Other times I'm using cow calls to directly call a bull into my position by saying like, it's during the rut, you're a bull, you're looking for cows, I'm a cow, come and get me. And so there's a lot of different ways that we use cow calls. And when you think about, I, I think sometimes people get bogged down in the like, what do I say exactly when? And I think the major lesson here is just understanding the different types of cow calls and then learning when you're in the elk woods, what starts to work for your particular situation. The kind of calls that you use really kind of might depend on the exact situation and also what's going on. If, if you do this plead call and you get a response, that's a call those elk like. And so start mixing that call in. If you're maybe in an area and you're like, mm, it's middle of the day and nothing's making noise, sometimes I'll throw out what I would consider like a calf call. It's just a, it's a little bit shorter mew, more like a chirp, a little higher pitch. Sometimes you can do this like quite often. I actually recorded a lot of these so I could like play them because the time of me backing away, moving the chair, talking... It didn't really work for the podcast. So I can talk over a couple of these calls, but 
I just recorded them as I made them. And so that calf call is like, ew, ew, ew. and what it does is it could get another cow to uh, respond. Now, you, maybe you're thinking like, look, I'm, I've got a cow tag. What, what calls can I use? I've called in a lot of elk using that lost calf call. Also, if you hear that sound, you can always call that calf in just throwing out a mew or a pleading call. And th- those are good things to just think about of like, hey, if, if cow's trying to talk, let's talk back to that cow and kind of do a call and response thing. What I like to do when I'm in the elk woods is I like to create an illusion of something that maybe an elk likes. So let's say there's a hurt, like a bull, and I want to call that bull in or he's interested in what's going on. Every time I'm using calls, I'm trying to think of like an imaginary scenario in my head and then matching my calls to this imaginary scenario. So it really depends on the situation. But one of the things that I've talked about before is what I call the cow party. So this is like, if I see a lone bull and he's out there, I'm going to do a cow party where it's like a call and response. Like all these cows kind of just starting to get riled up, getting a little chatty. Maybe it means that a bull's coming in. Sometimes I think like, oh, we're a bunch of cows over here. We heard a bugle and we're just going to start mewing like there's a bull pushing us around silently. And we're just almost starting to get spread out and we're starting to call between each other because as a bull comes in and starts to break up an elk herd, the cows do start to like, you, 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 to keep track of each other. It's like, there's a bull ripping one of us out of this group. Where's everyone at? And this is kind of a call and response of cows. And then maybe there's other bulls doing things within this herd, pushing out a, a cow that might be in heat and other stuff. And that really just starts to get these elk thinking, ooh, I want to investigate that, especially if it's a lone bull. So this is like mixing in a few different kinds of cow sounds into what I would just call a little cow party. Now, there are a couple different types of calls that I think are good to to try. And one of the ones that I use a lot, and it actually is a good call for kind of getting elk to respond, or sometimes I'll throw this out there, like if a bull's bugling, and it's not a scenario where I'm bugling back, or maybe I've been bugling and I need to mix in something else. I think of it as like a cow locator call. And what it is, is it's just you're kind of adding a little bit more growl to the cow call where it, if you're in a herd of elk, you'll make, you'll hear bulls doing their thing. And then you'll hear this sound that kind of sounds like a bull. And I've actually seen it where it's like, it's almost like a cow bugle. It's a little longer whine. It's a little more with your voice. And you can do this on any kind of like open read mouth. You just add the voice inflection with your throat. I think one of the things that people maybe shy away from is the voice inflection that's added into the call. And it's really easy to do. You can do it with whatever kind of call and it does make a difference in the call sound. So this I consider like a cow locator call. And I've used this when I've got a bull bugling and it's like if a bull responds to my cow call, this is kind of the cow call that I start to rip out there because it projects a little longer. It says like, where are you? And it gets the bull 
to kind of come in and see what's up and say like, oh, I'm trying to find this particular cow. So here's, here's this cow call. What you do is you just add a little bit of depth and growl to your voice. Now, you can even, when a, when a cow goes into estrus, they make some really weird noises. And you hear about these calls like the estrus whine. I've like heard elk screaming. I've heard cow elk growling. I've heard it all. And sometimes throwing those kind of things in can work as long as it's during that like peak rut time frame. And if you've got like a herd of elk around and things are really getting fired up. What happens when you move into a herd of elk is like a real herd of elk, when there's a cow in heat, the main bull is just going to be dogging that cow. And sometimes you'll get into a herd where there's like bulls dogging these other cows that are doing this. And then other bulls will kind of start to jockey for that one cow and often fight or whatever. But for the most part, those bulls are really just sticking with that cow and they can run all over them. It's just like anything. You'll see mule deer do this, antelope do this. Like when one's going into estrus, this is the prime time breeding time. And that's what the bull's fighting for is an opportunity for this. But sometimes I'll throw in what would be like a more of an estrus growl. So you're just using in your voice to kind of make it get a little bit more timber in the elk call itself. When it comes to using cow calls, it depends on what your goal is. For the most part, a lot of people are going to use cow calls to try to draw the bull to their location. And there's a lot of good times to use cow calls. So a good time to use cow calls is maybe you've moved in on a herd. Let's say there's a herd and there's multiple bulls in it. You've got a bull fired up. You bugle back here, your buddy's bugling behind you. And you're now going to create this illusion where, hey, I'm a cow closer to this other bull and there's a bull behind me and this bull is probably going to come in and try to steal these cows. So you want the, the bull that you're trying to call in to say, no, those are my cows. I'm going to go investigate these cows. Now, there's other times where cows will be talking back to the bull. The bull's bugling and he's not bugling to the other bull. He's bugling to his cows. And so you're throwing out cow sounds saying like, we're over here, we're over here. Come round us up. Let's get this thing going. One of the things that I like to do is I will use a lot of cow calling to keep a bull on the hook. My personal calling style, I don't like to let bulls go quiet for too long. I don't like to not know where they are and I don't like them to kind of lose interest. I like them to think that it is an absolute like shit show over here and they need to come check it out. And I'll use a lot of cow calls in that to kind of keep them on the hook and keep them going between bugles or other types of calls. Sometimes if a bull's just responding to cow calls, then I know, okay, this bull likes this. If there's something a bull likes, continue to do it. The basis of elk calling, you can know every, I mean, when you look at, let's say tournament elk calling, there are sound like so many different sounds that you can make, Right. But when you're in the elk woods, the only sound you need to make is the one that the elk likes. And that's all that matters. So a lot of elk calling is actually just responding to the type of calls and the calling that's going on around you and then creating your own illusion of what you maybe want that bull to think. And just mixing up different cow sounds within a calling sequence is a really good way to do that.
arm. That's just a sample of the different kinds of elk calls that I might, now I, if I'm calling, I might space those out a lot further. Sometimes if things are like fired up, you'll hear elk just constantly, constantly talking. So depending on the situation, depends on how much time's in between a call, how much time between each cow call. Sometimes I'll just do one or two calls. And then other times I'm just constantly, you, 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 in different directions, throwing out cow sounds every way that I can. So now that we've covered some cow sounds, let's talk a little bit about bugles. So I think one of the things that people mistake a bugle is bugle can be talking in many ways to cows and in many ways to other bulls. And a lot of times what a, a bull's doing when he's bugling is actually communicating out loud to cows that like, I'm actually the right one for this group. And then at some point, the bulls start talking to each other. And then it's like, that's when you really get things fired up. That's when two bulls kind of start to challenge each other. That's when they go head to head. And that's when you draw a bull into your position. But before you ever get to that point, you have to get a bull fired up. And there's a few different kinds of calls that are, I think, should be absolutely necessary in your repertoire. The first is one that is probably the easiest to make, I would say. It's like one that doesn't even really have to sound great. And it's just to get bulls to fire off. And a lot of times they're responding to this at distance. Many times I think that they're actually using this location called not to find each other, but to be like, hey, cows, where are you? I'm over here to try to draw cows their location. And the other bulls doing the same thing, being like, no, I'm over here. And so they're each giving up their location. And then at some point they start to get real mad at each other. So that location bugle is pretty much just like, it could be one note, a couple notes. It can be long and drawn out. It's just to broadcast that sound, throw that sound. Sometimes I try to push a lot of air and I'm trying to push a lot of air and make that location bugle just go forever. And sometimes it sounds horrible, but when it reaches that elk a mile away, it's like after the echo and then you get a call back, you go, okay, that's, I just needed that sound to push out there. I just needed it to travel. It doesn't really matter what it sounds like. It's just as long as it's getting out there and, and they're getting it back. And it distance a lot. There's a lot of echo and reverberation and other things. And that's the primary goal for me when I throw out a location bugle. And here's just like a sample of one. So it's just a, a long push. Sometimes I'll make them real long. Sometimes I'll make them a little bit shorter. Depends on the actual area that I'm in. It's funny because one of the things that I notice is regionally, elk do kind of sound different. Places that I hunt in New Mexico, elk like these real, they just all do these short bugles and places I might hunt in Montana. They're all these real long drawn out bugles. So I try to match the call based off of the kind of calls that I'm hearing around up into the point to where you start to hear a lot of calls. You're like, hey, I'm not hearing any calls. Throw out whatever you got, really. Um, it's not that big of a deal. But when you start to understand, okay, here's how elk sound in this particular area, match the sounds that you're hearing. If I'm just to sit down and start calling, I call a certain way and I sound like, I could pick my bugle out of 100 bugles because I always kind of like call the same way until I'm hearing elk bugling back and forth. And then I'm just matching that sound. I've got like a set, 
that I, this is how I bugle. This is how I've always bugled. And that's like my voice. My voice, you're listening to this podcast. You turn on another podcast and it's not me talking. You know it's not me because it's not my voice. Elk are like that too. They all have kind of their own voice and callers are like that too. They have their voice. But when you start to hear an elk in the wild, you can start to match those tones and, and create a voice for that area in that day in that particular situation. And that is the best way to learn to elk call. Guys are like, how do I learn to elk call? And honestly, it's listening to elk and matching that sound. Later on, beginning of next week, I'm just gonna put out a bunch of elk sounds that we've recorded and then just make it like a call companion. You can play it in your car. You can just, you, 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 back and forth, bugle. And it's more along the lines of like to bugles and just learning bugling off of hearing a sound and then matching that sound. And that's a really good way to start talking like an elk, just mimicking what you're hearing in the mountains. The best timing for a location call is often early in the morning. And one thing I like to think about location calls is I'm broadcasting these based off of sound. I've done an earlier podcast where we talk about how sound travels in the mountains and how important it is and how your calling frequency is really dependent on how the sound's traveling, so the type area. If I'm in a big flat area that's timbered, I'm gonna be calling constantly. And even throwing these location bugles out constantly, or you know, sometimes we call them location bugles. Sometimes they're just bugles. It's like we're just bugling. It doesn't have to be like this particular exact sound. We're just throwing out bugles as we're going along. And sometimes you can kind of throw out whatever bugle you want, but the goal is to get another bull to fire off. So here's a couple others, just like do two of them here, and and they can just be however you want to make them, really. Now, when we talk about a location bugle, I think some people are like, okay, well, when do I switch to this other bugle? If you've got a bull and you're making a bugle and he's making a bugle and you guys are bugling back and forth, you're building this repertoire of bugling. And that's all the goal of calling is, is like, I need to get a bull to fire off when I fire off. I've talked about it before and, and definitely go back and look at some of the older elk podcasts that I've done. But uh, it always bears repeating. It's like we're building a cadence of a bull's calling, we're calling. And what we want to do is we want to incite that bull's calling. We want to speed up this process between the time of bugles. I think some people, you know, wait a long time and then you're like, okay, like naturally, yeah, that's what elk do. But what I'm trying to do is something unnatural. I'm trying to naturally piss them off. Like I'm most elk aren't trying to piss each other off right away. And I'm like, I want to piss you off. So we're just bugling back and forth. And as long as we're building this repertoire of like, I'm bugling, you're bugling, you're doing it right. That is the goal of calling elk. And that's the goal of bugling. Now, I prefer to call like a more mature bull because I feel like there's more at stake. I've like the mature bulls have more. They've got more cows. They've got more fight, but also that can run other elk off. Now, there is a philosophy of saying like, let's bugle like a smaller bull where we never really get into this crazy challenge. And that does work. I've called in a lot of elk that way, especially in general units where you're primarily hunting juvenile bulls. That works really well. You're like, you're talking amongst your peers and you're like, hey, we're the guys running the show. This is the kind of bugle that we're putting out. Sometimes the other, the other philosophy is like, if I yell like the biggest dude on the block, then everybody's going to think that I've got all the chicks or the other elk are going to think that I've got all the ladies. And it also works. 
So I'm going to kind of go do a couple calls here. I'm going to do what I would consider like a juvenile And then I'll do a couple other calls. So that call was fairly high-pitched, fairly short, you know, didn't have a lot of growl, didn't have a lot of other things. And that, honestly, that call will incite other bulls and get bulls to bugle back and forth. It's a good call to know. And and a lot of people are like, I don't want to bugle and potentially run a bull off. Like if you're trying to investigate what this bull is, start that way. Start with these shorter bugles, start with a higher pitch because it's not as threatening. And sometimes you want to be a threatening bull, but other times you're like, okay, if I'm calling to a a young five-point bull, or maybe we don't even know what the bull is, we we get a call out there and we're like, okay, does this elk that I'm calling to have cows? Is he alone? What's the, is he a satellite bull? Is there another bull in this group? What's the situation here? And sometimes you need to get a little bit of calling back and forth to really understand the situation. Sometimes you don't even understand the situation after that. A bunch of calling back and forth. But I like to understand the situation. A good way to read what's going on is be like, I'm a bull and I want some cows, but I might not be the most threatening bull. Uh, what's What else is out there, right? Because it's a good way to kind of test the temperature. Now, another sound that gets made with elk a lot is a chuckle. And this is like a, oh, 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 during the call. I think that the chuckle is, now I've run into bulls that like all they do is chuckle. And the chuckle to me is more of an aggression thing. Once you start to get bull, like the chuckling really pisses bulls off. It's more of a display. They're like really showing off with that chuckle. That might mean that they have cows. That might mean that they're showing off to the cows that they think you have. It might mean that he's showing off to the other bull and like in a direct challenge. I add a lot of chuckling to my calls. I like it and I find it very effective. So there's a couple different, we'll just, here, I'll give you a chuckle here real quick so you can get an idea of it. Now I would consider that chuckle more of a mature bull chuckle. I'll give you like a, I'll give you a juvenile chuckle here. It's just higher pitch, not as much emphasis to it. a little bit faster, a little bit lighter, more of a juvenile bull call. Now that can be, the chuckle can be given by itself. It can also be added on to a bugle. So here's like a juvenile bugle with a chuckle. Now, another call, I would consider this like a challenge call or more mature bull bugle. When we when those more mature bulls start to get aggressive, they have more <clears throat> in their throat. They've got more bass. They've got more growl. They've got more pitch variance. They've just kind of go all over the map. And that's what I love about, like, that's the way that I like to call because it's just fun. <laughs> it's like you've just, sometimes your legs go numb because you're just putting so much air through the bugle. I'm not even like, if you haven't bugled to where your legs like go to sleep, that's not a real bugle. Like you, when you put that force into it, it's like your body loses oxygen. You're really hammering it at home. Sometimes it doesn't even sound great when you're in the mix of it, but it, it's got that passion. Um, one of the things that I, so like a challenge bugle is just like fast air. It could be, you know, starting out with some growling or just like a, a faster push of air and more aggressive sound. It's like, yelling you're like yeah all bugles kind of sound yelling but 
this one really is like, hey, bull. Like you can really feel it in the call. And so it's, and more mature bulls start to fire off that way immediately because they're like, you don't want any of this. It's just like a way of telling the other elk off. And that's the way I like to call, but you know, you can mix it in how you please. Sometimes you want to, you don't want to maybe just start off with that. You want to work up to it, build a repertoire, throw in some chuckles, and then just start throwing out these direct challenges. But I'll give you one of these calls here. So that was a shorter one. It's just kind of a direct, and the way you do that, if you're new to bugling or making calls, is you do that in your voice as you're pushing that air through. So you really, I'm just going to do this. Like, this is just my voice. There's no call in here. So I'm just going to show you a little bit of an example of like the way that you're going to actually push this through the call. So with no read in my mouth, this is just bugle tube and voice. This is kind of how the call sounds without the read in there. So it's... So you can hear that growl in there. That That's just from the normal voice. Then I'm pushing air over a reed while doing that at the same time to get that more challenge or that growl or that more mature bull deeper sound. So now here's one with the reed in there. So you're just adding the kind of timber into your voice. And you can even go as far as just like pretty much... Uh, bear growling into the tube. So that's just growl with a chuckle added and then maybe just like kind of a challenge. And the way that I'm calling right now is like, this is kind of just the way that I call without thinking. This is like, this is my style. This is my personal bugle to say, Right. Like there's a lot of places that I'll change the way that I sound based off of the elk that I'm calling to. And like, I've got friends that they start high and then go low. I like to start low and go high and go back low. That's just my personal little thing on it, right? And it's, it doesn't really matter. It's like whatever, whatever you got, that's the way that you like to do it. And this is the way that I like to do it. I'm not winning any calling competitions, but I'm also not entering any calling competitions. I'm just trying to kill elk. And honestly, I think my personal calling style is based off of where I hunt the most. And that's what the elk sound like where I hunt. You know, I've been to other places and like I said, you know, I'll get shorter bugles. So that's one of the things that you want to do is, is start to match those those elk sounds. One of the places that I was hunting last, you know, a couple of years back, it was like every bugle was fairly similar and fairly short. And when I'd throw out the longer bugles, I just didn't get the response. But when I started switching it up to the bugles that were like of the land, it was just like lights on. I think one of the best things you can do if you've got an elk tag and you're like, I'm, it's September, I'm bringing my calls, get those calls out now. The best time to practice, I've said this a lot of times, is like in your car, you know, preferably when you're by yourself. I think this podcast 
today is going to be a very listened to podcast, but I also think it's going to annoy some people's spouses and children, neighbors, a lot of other things because we're, we're throwing in a lot of sounds in here. And one of the, the best things you can do is just get those calls out and just start making elk sounds. If you are new to elk calling, you're like, where do I start? Start with just making any sound, preferably like I think starting with cow sounds is the way that I've started. And then working into bugles, trying a couple different kinds of reeds and other things, and just working your way into making different sounds. I think one of the things that people try to do is they try to like, when they're getting, when they're new at it, trying to do something and it doesn't work out. It doesn't mean don't practice it. Practice and, and try a lot of things. And if there's a certain sound that you can make that you're good at, you're like, this is just natural. Start bugling to your whatever is natural. It It's a good place to start. It's great to match, you know, whatever else you hear. But the, I think the best thing you can do is just start making sounds and start getting those sounds to be pretty consistent, whether it's a location bugle. So if you're starting working on your bugling, work on holding a note and getting those location bugles out there. Um, those that translates into that juvenile bugle. And then once you get that bugle, then you're going to start to add voice inflection and other things. And that's my suggestion. I know there's a lot of people out there that are really good at teaching calling. I'm probably not. I'm self-taught and I just kind of muscled my way through it. Like in the field, matching elk sounds. That's how I learned how to call. I, I didn't have anybody teach me how to elk call. I just started picking up calls, going in the mountains and then matching those sounds. So anytime you can listen to elk and start, building sounds off what you're hearing, whether it's a recording of elk, whether it's other people calling, doesn't really matter. Start building that like, okay, here's the sound that I'm making and that's the sound that those elk are making and then matching those those sounds and other things. And you're going to be well on your way to establishing a good calling pattern. And I think that the other thing is just a lot of practice. It takes a lot of practice. And then when you're in the, in the mountains and an elk calls, practice calling at them, right? Like it's it's part of the learning process and it's a lot of fun. When you actually get a bull to commit to your calls, there's no better high in the hunting world, I think, than calling in a angry bull elk. It's just so exciting. So if you've got calls, practice with those calls, understand some of these sounds. And then we're gonna talk about in upcoming podcasts, some ways to utilize calls and some strategies that really help draw elk to your location. Because being able to make a call is one thing. Knowing when to make calls and the way that you move and how close and how far and the type of cadence and other strategies, I think is even more important than the actual call itself. I hope you guys enjoyed that podcast. You know, one of the things that I love to do is just throw in a call, make some elk noise. It just gets me fired up. Hearing elk sounds just gets me fired up for September. I'm really excited for some hunts that I have coming up. I've got a great elk tag that I'm really excited. Hopefully I'll be telling you guys next month some good elk hunting stories, some good encounters. That's all you hope for, right? You're, sometimes you go out in the elk woods and you just want that one encounter and you want to make good on that one encounter. If you're, if you're out there and the elk are bugling and you're getting bulls fired up, you want to have that in your arsenal to be able to call. I know a lot of great elk hunters that do a lot of stalking, right? But in areas, maybe they're in an area that's like, hey, I drew a tag in a thick unit and I haven't done a lot of calling. I think that it's really good to be pretty versatile because if you can be versatile when you're hunting elk, you just swing the odds of success in your favor. 
One of the things that I'm doing this month, if you are not signed up for my email list, go to my website, remywarren.com and sign up. There's a lot of reasons that I think you should sign up. The first being that we pretty much do giveaways every email. So a lot of emails like try to sell you something. I try to give you something and that's fairly rare in this world. Oftentimes there's like deals and other things for you or anything that I, you know, might be coming out. I mentioned that as well. Add in a lot of our other content in their videos and podcasts like this. If you miss a podcast, sometimes there's like, oh, I didn't hear that one. That's interesting for this particular time of year. But what I want to tell you today is our elk month giveaway. And all you have to do is just get my email mailing list and you're already entered. So if you've already done that, you're already entered. This month for Elk Month, I wanted to do something special. So I partnered with Stone Glacier. We have over $2,000 in prizes. The winner is going to get a Sky 5900 pack. One of my favorites for elk hunting. We've got the Skyscraper two-person tent, great tent for four seasons, the Chilkoot 15-degree sleeping bag, Skyline Bino harness, and their gaiters. Plus, I've got my Live Wild hat and then a Live Wild Yeti Yonder bottle. This is an awesome prize, and it's all in honor of Elk Month. For those of you listening this month, make sure you just, all you have to do, go to my website, sign up for the newsletter, you're entered. Everybody that's already done that is entered. I'm also going to have a, a way for if you like an SMS list, like a text list. If you want in on that, sign up for that as well. If you're already on the email list and you aren't on the text message list, sign up for that. That's an extra entry. We're going to draw from one winner from both these lists. So everybody that signs up has an opportunity. So best of luck to you guys. I'm really excited about this giveaway. We're just going to run it for a week. So I'll remind you guys again next Thursday, but then it's going to be done. So you got this week to do it. That way, it just kind of, for those of you that already do it or are listening to the podcast, best of luck to you. Another thing, if you guys want more you know, information on elk hunting or you love this podcast, you're like, I love the information. If you don't know, I actually have been a staff writer for Western Hunter Magazine for a very long time. I think some of my, a lot of the podcasts here are articles that I've written, like guys that have, been subscribed to that magazine for a long time, probably listen to this podcast. And they're like, this guy's been talking about this for 15 years. <laughs> but I think that that's good. And they have some of what I consider the foremost experts on Western big game hunting. Plus there's a lot of, you know, readers submitted articles about some awesome stories. Every issue is just jam packed with things on gear, tactics, hunting stories. It's really got it all. I've got an article in there. I called it this month's article. It'll be for September. I call it if and then elk hunting. So if you encounter this scenario, then I do this. And a lot of elk hunting is just, if this happens, then this is what I should do. Over the years, I've really learned the reading the situation and, and playing my cards right. And so I, I'm sharing that with you guys in this issue of Western Hunter. If you sign up before next week, and you kind of jump on it, but you'll get that issue and then you'll get all the other issues. And then also they were generous enough to give us a code for our listeners, code live wild at checkout. If you, if you do that, when you click subscribe, do the super subscription, you have to do the super subscription and then with the hat. So there's, you'll get a free hat, you'll get the super subscription. What that is, that enters you into all any giveaway they have, you're in it. It also gives you the magazine and it gives you 
uh, digital downloads of Western Hunter TV show, which that's the only TV show that I actually personally watch. It's, I, I mean, I, I'm a big fan of the things that they do there. I like the guys there because I know that they're just bona fide, incredible hunters and they show hunting in a way that's real and they do a lot of great hunts and they are very successful on a lot of the similar type of hunts that I like to do. So for me, that's entertaining because I like, I like to, I like the way these guys operate. They're all good friends of mine. And so you get all that in that subscription. And if you use the code, I think it'll be $39.99. So like it gives you the price now for what would be your renewal price after doing a super subscription. Either way, it really pans out. So if you aren't a subscriber to that, I highly suggest it. You know, I don't talk about it enough on here, but I put a lot of time into those articles. And because I spend so much time on those articles, it's actually the topics for a lot of these podcasts. However, I think it's definitely a valuable tool to hear what I've got to say, but also what a lot of the other writers say and to be able to watch Western Hunter TV show. I know it's like the way that I get psyched, right? Like I always text Nate Simmons. He was the Mule Deer podcast. He's going to do an elk podcast with me. I text him all the time. Like before hunt, I pretty much just go watch like an episode of Western Hunter that matches whatever kind of hunt I'm doing. I don't know how many other people do that, right? You find a YouTube video that's like, we're going to get psyched up. We're going to see what we're in for. This is fun. So anytime he's got like an early season Mule Deer Hunter, an elk hunt, you know, I'm always trying to look for those kind of videos and just it's part of the prep too. Watch some videos, go scroll on some YouTube. If you got a, an elk hunt coming up, watch some stuff and like really see what other people are doing. Sometimes it's hard to show in video, but I think that there's a lot of people that do a good job with that. So something to think about, get psyched up. The whole point of elk month is just get everybody amped. I can't like talk about elk month without a smile on my face because I'm just thinking about bugling bulls. So I'm excited about it. Until next week, I'm just going to say call you later. That's good. It's not even a call-in show, but it makes sense because we're talking about elk calls. All right, call you later.